Hello everyone, my name is Josh Gilland, attorney blogger for Bowtie Law and the Legal Geeks. Today with me, we have a fun guest. You probably have seen her many times. She is Leslie Crystal. She is a paralegal and social media personality. And you've probably seen her on the Guild where she plays the twins, Laura and Tara. Crystal, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm fine, how are you? Awesome, thank you. So we were both at the Geeky Awards. I was we at, I'm, and I'm bummed we didn't meet in person. What table were you at? I was actually at table 13. Was it a fun table? It was a fun table. I was enjoying the laser printer from there. We had a rocket, by the way. What did your table have printing? We had the Android that was the symbol for the Geeky Awards. You got the Android. I know, I know you're envious, but that's okay. So I, I, I was at table two under the podium. So my view of everybody was amazing. Stan Lee coming out and the Seth Green speech, it was I'm just mind-blowing to be that close to those people and see everything live and up, you know, in, in real life. I'm jealous. <laughs> Let's talk about being a geek. How are you a geek? Uh, I always hate this question, but I love it at the same time. Um, I guess it has to do with my love of the internet and video games. I identify as a geek, and other people sometimes don't know that I am a geek, but the second they hear me talk about video games or any comic books, uh, I get called a geek. So, <laughs> there I am. And what comic books are you talking about that out you as a geek? You know, I have a big, I love Spider-Man. I always talk about my favorite characters, and a lot of them aren't as well-known as Spider-Man. Like, I, I love the Black Cat, for example. And I think when you know a character that isn't popular, that's when people <laughs> realize, oh, you're into that a lot more than I thought you were. My answer to that is normally Submariner, and that gets the hardcore geeks all fired up because they know who Prince Nammer is and others do not. I did mention you're a paralegal, but can you tell us a little bit about your professional world? My professional world, which one? Paralegal, I've been involved in the legal field for nine years. I started out as a filing clerk. It was litigation throughout up until last year. I started working with IP. I also work in social media. I'm a media host, and I do a lot of media projects. Awesome. Uh, I know you read the Legal Geeks because we met on Twitter. Can you tell us when did you start reading us and what was your favorite post so far? I caught a retweet, I believe it was, it was a few months ago, maybe two or three months ago. And I started tuning into your blog or I, I especially started following you on Twitter and then kind of clicking in every now and then that I saw something posted. My favorite one so far, I think, is the Marvel one, where you were talking about copyright issues. If you, no, I think that's the one that you mean the most. And that was actually Jessica's. Definitely passed that on because she talked about the copyright issues in Marvel uh, very effectively. Let's talk about the Geeky Awards. Now, how did you learn about the Geeky Awards? Again, back to Twitter. It was a retweet. The name caught on. 
and I immediately thought, well, what is this? I, I want to know more. And I found out that it was a show put on by Geeks for Geeks, and I I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to attend. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we were an honoree for a podcast and hope that they had a blog category and definitely will uh, will submit our podcast channel for next year. Now, who was your favorite presenter at the show? Presenter? Uh, I would have to say, I didn't know of them before, but the Winter Twins, I didn't realize that they were award-winning sci-fi authors. I had... I, I was very impressed. They're so young, very charismatic, and again, I, I didn't know them. I didn't know who they were, and they, they kind of stole the show for me. They're very cute up there. How about you? I, I thought they were cute. I thought they handled Richard Hatch rather well with... They know, did. They really did. There, there was an awkward pause, but they, they, they rode through that storm, so they do get a lot of credit there. The... You know, there were a lot of good moments. I, I thought Seth Green's introduction of Stan Lee, I thought he did a great job. The way somebody randomly yelled, I love you, and he fired back, you know, right back at you. I was just, you know, he had a very good poise about him. And, I mean, Stan Lee was an excellent, you know, choice for the Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm not sure who they'll pick next time, because... Stanley sets a high bar. You know, I got a couple ideas on people who would be worthy. What do you, have you thought about that at all? No, and I actually, knowing that Stanley got it this time, I really don't know where else you can go. Uh, who are you thinking? Spielberg or Lucas would be good. Yeah. Oh, yes. You mm -hmm. could also go for a wild card like George Takai. He'd be good. But when you set the bar with Stan Lee of somebody who embodies creativity, decades in the industry, I, I think the next logical candidate after something that fantastic, I mean, you got to find somebody like a Steven Spielberg or George Lucas. Because because of those guys, a lot of people, like my generation, played with action figures for hours on end and lightsabers and blasters and wanting to learn how to work a bullwhip and wearing fedoras. And, like, that was all them. That was their creation and, you know, selling the geek dream that, that people really love. Based on Stan Lee, I would think they would have to look at somebody like those two. Uh, but I don't know if they could pull that off. You know, there are others I think would be very fitting. When you go Stan Lee, you would have to find another great, and some of the other greats are no longer with us. Yeah. Now, what was your favorite category at the show? One category that I found very unique for an award show was the arts and crafts. That was my personal favorite. I, well, I, I enjoyed all of the nominees, um, but just knowing that that was a category there, I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming, and I, I really liked that one. That was my favorite. Yeah, the pumpkin carver won that. Well, yeah, yeah. Very deservingly. With amazing work, I, I yeah. <laughs> and his speech was so gracious, and he seemed like such a nice guy. He dedicated it to his kids, yeah. Like, it was really, really sweet. I loved it. The other acceptance speech that I thought was very good was the for the comic book, Colonius AE, supposed to be Earth is Abandoned and Some Go to Mars, 
and then all the leftovers go to Venus. And rugged individualism on Venus, they, they do well, Mars does not. And then Mars starts looking at Venus with a covetous eye. And it's like, his speech was fabulous. Yeah. I really like the game category. I'm like, that looked pretty fun with all the board games and everything else that they talked about. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about Stanley's song? I, I didn't hear the Yankee Doodle part in there. Uh, he's such an institution, and like I was right under him. I, I got a good recording of it on both cameras, and he just that was very sweet, you know. And in referring to all of us as his peers, you know, yeah. <laughs> I very you know Mark Anthony walk into the crowd and address them with their language type of acceptance speech as a, as opposed to the Brutus. So <laughs> I I know I just worked in Shakespeare, so forgive me, but I, I, there we are. Who else do you think, you got the category, I think we know your favorite speech, but do, do you want to confirm it was the pumpkin carver? I like the pumpkin, yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite speech. Now, did you play on the bridge of the Enterprise? No, no, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in that VIP area. We got up there and got our pictures right before the show started. I only sat in the first officer seat the first time around, but we were able to zip right up there afterwards. Again, jealous. From table 13, it was a bit of a way. <laughs> How about R2-D2? I mean, like, he was right by the red carpet. Did you get it? No, not. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's... I, Next year, that that's that's horrible. I'm sorry you didn't get to do either of those things. It yeah. needs to be next year. <laughs> How would you improve the show for next year? The one thing I would say, uh, streamline the entrance process. I absolutely would have preferred to know which line I was going to be standing at, where to go. I I was kind of lost. The entire time I got there and until a point where somebody finally came out and told us, oh, okay, please stand over here. I, I think that would have used some help. That could use some help. I agree. I, mean, I blogged about that. Signs are a good thing. Because of distance and the size of the lines, it's tough to put text that people can read. So if you say, if you are, you know, in the seated reserve area, you line up underneath the blue sign. If you're in the unreserved area, then, then line up beneath the white sign because people can handle colors better and getting in line. I would encourage the organizers to double the amount of people at check-in because I think that was part of the bottleneck. Um, I agree. Well, I, I know people are also taking their time on the red carpet to get their picture done, but if that's the case, open, open up the doors a little earlier to move it along. But the first time. That's, yeah. I mean, it's, I, yeah. Do you think that they expected, I know that they had a, a rough number of how many people were coming in, but that it would be such a big impact just trying to get everybody in there. I, I don't know that they visually anticipated what that would look like with the line and really just, uh, not chaos, but the crowd that would gather. Well, there's the old 
Eisenhower maxim that the plan never survives the first engagement with the enemy. I think that's what happened to them, that they had a plan, and because they were sold out and you had all these people wanting to get there, what looked good on paper, they learned from it and went, we're going to have to change things for next time around. And in, you know, with that stated, the production of the show I thought was fantastic. Absolutely. I, I could not believe it was a first time show. It, it, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Every one of those intro videos <laughs> was hilarious. I loved it. Yeah, from mocking J.J. Abrams with the crowdfunding one with the lens flare and everything to, you know, the opening bit and the, the, you know, the League of Steam running around as well. I mean, those folks were really into playing. And, I mean, that was very well choreographed. And so if you want to, if, if I'd rather the line be a little slow and take time and the stage production be awesome, I will take that hit. I agree with you there. Absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> it, it rocked. I mean, to be right up there and seeing it and, and being able to pick out the different references, it's like, okay, that's from Highlander. All right. That's, that looks Star Wars expanded universe. Okay. And, and being able to pick out the geekiness. I'm well done. Totally well done. I, I, you, you're in print, you're on social media. How can people learn more about your, cosplay work? Where my cosplay work? I typically keep, I have my website, www.lesliecrystal.com, and it's linked up to my Facebook. I'll usually post any cosplay pictures there first. Twitter, at Leslie Crystal. Again, I, I always post those pictures on either one of those two. And I hope to work with you for some of the Legal Geeks posts. That would be a lot of fun to, to work some of those in. For those who haven't seen your work, what are some of the costumes that you've done? The most recent and actually my favorite <laughs> so far is Black Cat. I've also done Supergirl and Princess Peach. And uh, three variations of a World of Warcraft Blood Elf, a mage, and then some other in-game armor. You've done San Diego Comic-Con and some of the other big shows, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> Six years in a row, I think. Six, yeah, I think. What are the, I haven't done a San Diego Comic-Con, but I've done a Legal Tech New York and an ILTA and a Paraben Forensic Innovation Conference and the Computer Enterprise Investigation Conference. So I know those worlds, but no one's in costume at those ones. So what's a, what's a, what's a Comic-Con like as opposed to a continuing legal education? You know, I would say there is... A crowd energy where everybody really feels accepted and you know you are part of subculture but you are you feel included and in part of the show I don't know that at a seminar you really feel like you're part of the show you're there to learn you're not there to, to be part of the production or part of the show at a convention at a comic convention you really feel like you're part of it you're either actively engaged as a fan or as in costume whatever it is you just there's that energy where you feel like you are included. You are part of the show. Yeah. No one goes to a legal convention and dresses like John Quincy Adams. <laughs> I've yet to see a Theodore Roosevelt running around or someone doing half as chief justice. That just doesn't happen at yeah. the legal ones. 
It's kind of interesting if it did, but it just literally doesn't happen at those shows. What would be your reaction if you saw that? Dude, <laughs> rock on. I, <laughs> I, re, I went to ATLA before they changed their name, and that was, the, you know, at that time they were the American Trial Lawyers Association, and that was the last time they were known as that, and then they changed to AAJ. And, you know, the trial lawyers, and, like, they're the traditional lawyers, but, you know, there were a couple guys from, one guy from the South in, you know, like, Arkansas, and he was in the full-blown seersucker suit and, you know, the pink bow tie because that's what he wore down there. And it's just like, rock on, dude. I mean, like, completely stand out from everyone else. But if we, you know, we have geeks in our midst. You know, I've done, I've talked e-discovery with folks, and then we talked Batman. <laughs> and like, and that's cool. So that's I know awesome. there's, I know there's a way to work it in. I know there are lawyers who, who are into this. I mean, because, you know, we might read briefs and paralegals might be helping with discovery all day long. Uh, but they also enjoy science fiction and comic books or World of Warcraft, and, and the entire universe of creativity we have. So there's got to be a way to, like, connect them. And I'm still, I haven't figured out the right formula yet, but there's got to be a way to correct, uh, connect it more. Dan, thank you so much for taking time to talk about the Geeky Awards. Oh, thank you so much for including me. You're very welcome. And America, stay geeky next time. We'll see you soon.